0: are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today will be April 18th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD. And today I have a very special guest Xander Peters, a staff writer over at Orlando Weekly. If you've been walking around downtown or really anywhere in Orlando, you probably noticed that there is a a really uh, good and uh, good good drawing of, of a sad stuff on the cover of Orlando Weekly uh, this week or this past week. Uh, and Xander wrote a great article on the on the state of the Orlando Magic fan. So I wanted to bring Xander in. I he he talked to me about it a little bit. I was I was quoted in the story, but I wanted to bring him in to get his perspective. On where the magic stand, he's he's a little bit of an outsider, not 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 an Orlando local. But uh, I wanted to hear from Xander uh, to to see what inspired the article and what he learned about it. So Xander, welcome to the locked on Ma- to locked on Magic. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Philip.
0: No problem, and th- and thanks for for writing this. I think it's I-, I always think it's good to get different kind of local perspectives on the team. Um, you know, I-, I-, I we were talking beforehand. I mentioned that you know that that the article got spread around. Uh, the Orlando Magic Reddit, and and you know we're all hardcore fans. We all watch the team pretty religiously, I would say. Um, I certainly do. Uh, and and we kind of always sometimes we sometimes lose perspective that that the majority of fans are kind of casual fans that that they you know want a team that they can be proud of. They want an entertaining product. Uh, they they want to see winning, and how they engage with the team can be very very different from every from anything else. Uh, and so uh, I guess. Kind of just as a global takeaway, what was the big thing that you learned about Magic fans uh, from from writing and researching this article?
1: Well, more than anything, um, they're exhausted, and you can't really blame them. After six years of these records, um, th- this year was the worst record since two thousand fifteen, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, they're exhausted. You know, they're a little demoralized. Uh, they keep being, they're they're told they're going to see different results every year. Um, they take a different strategy. They have a new head coach. They have a new general manager. I mean, it seems like they've exhausted their options and. In the end, as I mentioned in the article, um, you can't really blame them.
0: Yeah, no, you absolutely can't. Uh, you know, uh, certainly, I sense the frustration. Uh, I think a lot of the debates that that we've had as, as fans, as followers of this team, has been rooted in that frustration, uh, in in that belief that the rebuild should be over by now. That that the team really is is going nowhere. Uh, you, you frame you frame the article by taking a look at, at probably the most famous Magic fan, uh, the, the fat guy, Dennis Salvaggio. If, if, if you're not from the Orlando, if you've never been to a game at the Amway Center, or probably even better, if you've never been to a game at the old Orlando Arena, uh, the, the fat guy is is pretty ubiquitous figure among Magic fans. Uh, hard to miss him, too. Uh, but uh, how, how did it come about? How did it come about? Why did you pick uh, that to be the lens through which you told the story?
1: Well, that was purely luck. Um, so, I've always had, I've always been interested in writing a story about a superfan, and I never really quite panned out the other publications I was at before, you know, in editor leave, and so um, I, with the Magic as their their season continued to spiral, I thought it'd be really interesting to use that pro- or profile a superfan through that narrative, so to speak. Um, and so what I did, I typed in Orlando Magic superfan, thinking I'd have to dig for, I don't know maybe a day or two and naturally Dennis face was there immediately and uh, popped up immediately so yeah what I wanted to do is and what made it so great using Dennis is how you could juxtapose so the magic and the fans they're demoralized they're tired they're sick of this they're sick of losing every year meanwhile <laughs> you have Dennis and he is re- a relentless optimist you know and on top of that he's a, a just this this bubbling personality—he's very charming, very cordial, very polite. He's very—he's famous around town. So I thought it'd be best to use him as kind of, as I said before, juxtapose the good and the bad. As uh, use him as that kind of prism to uh, tell the story through.
0: Yeah, and, and I've known Dennis for a very long time. As as mentioned, as I mentioned to you, and, and was as mentioned in the article, I, I sat a section over from him uh, back in back in the old arena with with my family when I was when I was still going to games as fans. Uh, and and Dennis has has always been such a such a positive presence within the building, uh, even at the Amway, even at the new Amway Center, uh, which which I think most fans would agree is a little more uh, uh, not as intimate as as the old Orlando Arena. But um, you know, I, I even know I noticed kind of from from what he said that that even he seems to be worn a bit by by the the losing by by how where this team has gone, and 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 even dating back to kind of the Dwight Howard thing. It all. A lot of it seems to, to, to wear on him, too. Uh, where do you feel like his optimism level is if, if he is the most optimistic of all of us?
1: Well, you know, Dennis is very human. And um, if anyone, and he would, knowing him, he would never be one to admit as much. But um, if anyone has reason to be disappointed, it's him. I mean, you kind of like look into how much he's poured into himself into the magic, poured himself into the magic over the years, whether it be like his charitable causes, his fandom. Um, and not even like to like bring up numbers, but like the amount of money he's spent on these season tickets over the years. It seems like, in though it's unfair to kind of pit Dennis and the Magic against each other, um, it seems <laughs> it doesn't seem fair to Dennis that these are the results he's getting back from everything he's invested. But you know, anyone that's ever met Dennis or anyone that's had the chance to have a conversation with him could tell you he wouldn't say as much.
0: Yeah, it's it's obviously sports. Sports is sports is a weird investment. Right? Like it, it it you you invest as much emotionally as you do financially, uh, and and you can't really explain why you can't quit a team almost. Like there 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 have been plenty of missteps that the magic have made over the years that have caused anyone to quit. You know, I think losing Shaq caused the team to lose a lot of fans, especially with how things played out in the ensuing years with, with Penny Hardaway. Uh, losing Dwight the way they lost Dwight has has soured a lot of fans, especially what, what's happened over the last six years. Um but you know it' It, it, I think I expressed this to you, and, and I certainly believe this. It, it does still feel like Magic fandom is strong. Like, it, like, people are invested in this team. They're not happy, they're frustrated. But, you know, like I can remember a time when fans weren't frustrated, when they were indifferent, and, and that's kind of the worst thing. Did, did you sense that, that there's still that level of engagement that, that fans want to want something to happen with this team?
1: Well, kind of on your say note, let me draw this analogy. Um, quitting, when you grow up with the team, when you've invested yourself in a team, such as uh, my team's back in Texas, um, it's kind of like you can't quit them because it's like quitting family. You can't quit family either. No matter how much they might make it on your nerves, you can't just walk away. So I think it's kind of like where Magic fans have been left over the last few years. They can't quit the team, but they can't not be mad at them.
0: Yeah, no, that 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 makes a lot of sense, and that, that's kind of – the earworm that, that I guess, that I guess, or the worm that, that, that I guess sports fandom kit can, can be. Um, did you, I mean, you obviously did a lot of research for this article. Um, and again, I'll provide a link up on, on the Mag, on match on lockdown as well as on the on magic, Twitter account. Um, if you haven't read it yet, you can check it out on, at Orlando It's also available, um, at newsstands where they, where the Orlando weekly is, is displayed. Um, and so definitely check it out. Uh, you got the cha- I mean, you had to you had to do some research in, into this thing, and, and I imagine you had to watch some magic games a little bit. Um, what was your perception of? I mean, you're, you're you you mentioned you're not from Orlando. You kind of moved into into this market. What's what's your perception of where the Magic are at as a team right now? I mean, obviously they're they're at a pretty low point. <laughs>
1: well, they're not very good, like you said. Um, as a team, you know, uh, wonk trying to like shift over to like the wonk sports talk. Um, As a team, they obviously need to do better in the NBA draft lottery. They um, they need to get a find a coach. They need to you know there's there's a laundry list of things they need to do as far as like the the uh, administrative and the athletic side of things. But as far as the, the fans, um, I mean, I think the question the, the management needs to ask themselves, how can they invest themselves more in the fans? Uh, not not necessarily people like y'all, the uh, the super fans, people like you and Dennis, and uh, a lot of probably a lot of the people that read your blog, but um, more just like kind of the casual fans, like you mentioned before. What can, what how, how can you bring back those people that want to spend their money, but don't want to spend their money on a losing team? I think that's really the question they have to ask themselves in the end.
0: Yeah, uh, for sure, and, and and to the Magic's credit, um, you know, they, it does feel like they're beginning to make some changes. Uh, that the news coming down today, actually, uh, I'm, I'm sure this this is relevant for you. But um, the news coming down today that that the Orlando Magic not only had fired their coaching their coaches last week and most of their coaching staff, uh, you know, except for I think Matt Hill is the only one that was spared. Magic have also apparently fired their entire training staff as well now. Uh, and saw- so it seems like according to Josh Robinson, the Orlando Sentinel, it seems like the magic as a, as an organization are really flipping the whole thing over. They're really going to change everything. And, and that carries risk with it, obviously. Um, but also opportunity, I suppose, and, and, and a willingness to say what we were doing before wasn't working. Now we have to do something different. And so that seems like uh, a direction the magic are, are going um, as you know, I, I in our in our discussion, like I said, I was I was quoted in, in the article. In our discussion, you know, I kind of tried to tried to speak a little bit more about kind of the, the sociology of, of Magic fans and, and and how you know Magic fans kind of think and then how a lot of us, or at least our longtime fans, are people of my generation. You know, I'm am about to turn thirty. I'm I'm as old as the franchise is. I've, I grew up in this city uh, with the franchise, always here. Um, I think what I tried to speak about was kind of the sociology of Magic fans, and 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 a little bit on on that end. Uh, what 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 do you who do you sense is a Magic fan right now, or or, or, or at least coming from outside the city? What was your sense of Magic fandom bef- before you entered this article? Before you entered uh, entered this that entered this world?
1: Well, honestly, um, I you know. It's funny you say that now that I think about it. Um, Orlando never really crossed my radar since Dwight Howard. You know, um, yeah, yeah. Especially, I mean, at least as far as basketball goes, um, yeah. But as far as like the fandom goes, where are the fans? I, I don't know who's the real fans. Um, well, apparently, seventeen more than seventeen thousand fans showed up according to the Magic to the last game. So they're 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 there. They're they're doing things, but. Um,
0: they're selling tickets at least. <laughs> yeah,
1: selling tickets. But I don't, I don't know if people were invested because you don't see magic jerseys around town unless, you know, maybe people are walking to the games, which that's why I did some of my reporting too. I would stop and talk to people off the record um, just to see where they stood, you know, because uh, my office is downtown and um, I was walking to our parking lot and they'd be walking the opposite direction all the time. And as the, the year drug on, a lot of them really just kind of put it to me. And I, w- I would assume some of these people were seasoned ticket holders. They were just showing up because they paid for the ticket. You know, they weren't just going to let it go to waste. Um, so, you know, I mean, they're there, but maybe they're not present.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's that. I mean, that's certainly a fair criticism of Matt, uh, a fair criticism and, and a fair assessment. Uh, you know, I think uh, we know that that the Magic have done a lot of a lot of work to to sell tickets as part of uh, travel packages, uh, especially with visitors from Brazil um, and and from South America specifically. I think I think that's been a, a big area of growth and and a, and you know a big reason why, uh, not a big reason why, but at least part of the reason why the the stadium is still fi- still full. Um, you know, there I think there's I think going to an NBA game is still an event, uh for for a lot of people. I mean, these you know LeBron James comes to town, you're going to go see him. You, Russell Westbrook yeah. comes to town, you're going to go see him. Yeah. Um, whether they're there to cheer for the Magic, whether they're there to see the Magic is definitely debatable. Um, but still, yet still. You know, I remember a game late in the season against Sacramento or against Detroit and thinking to myself, you know, it's a Tuesday night between two bad teams and this place looks full. Um, it, was, it was very strange. Um, and, and, and credit goes to the magic sales staff, I guess. But um, I, I definitely feel like you'd like to have a, a different level of engagement uh, with, with the team, right? I, I think that would be the ideal. You can't rely on that forever.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, one kind of excuse that I. I is, this is not going to be its popular opinion among some Magic fans, but um, one excuse I, I hear consistently is that Orlando is such a transient city. There's always people coming, going, moving. Um, but, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily an excuse for fandom as far as sports teams go, because you kind of see that in every major city. Maybe not in, like, Green Bay where the Packers are, or, you know, some kind of like boutique city like that you're like in D.C. and New York or L.A. or Oakland, you know, like people are always coming and going. So I don't know if like um, fans can really lean on the excuse as much as some do.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I think Orlando can can lean on that excuse less and less now. Yeah. Because like maybe 10 years ago, you could claim that this is a transient city. You know, people haven't really grown up here. They haven't grown up with the magic. Everyone kind of either adopted the, the team of their parents or they adopted or or they adopted the team from wherever they came from and people were still moving into Orlando um, you know I, I think that Orlando as a city has really grown up um, and, and I think you kind of can prove that there's there's a lot of civic pride I mean uh, you know you're, you're I, I think I, I mean I, I don't mean to drive this point home further but you're I mean you're kind of new to town but you watch how residents took to Orlando City and how Fans really reacted to Orlando City. There is passion and and desire to to have this kind of I I would say civic pride in a sports team. Um and and I you know I I don't know how much you've looked into Orlando City or, or how much how much you know you you're, you're familiar with with maybe how they've they've grown up in the city. Mm-hmm. But it that that felt very organic. Uh and and felt like this was something very new that that everyone could belong to like you don't have an MLS team. You know, most people don't have an MLS team. And so all of a sudden, this new league, that I mean, it's not that new, but this new thing to the area, this new thing to the kind of social consciousness got dropped in and people took to it. And the Magic in the early days, I think were very similar. Like, I mean, they didn't have car magnets back then, but but, the Magic were terrible their first few years in the NBA too, but people just loved having something to call their own. And, you know, I think the Magic, their strategy has had to change a little bit now that there's people my age with disposable income who grew up with the Magic, and they need to find a way to engage them and their families to kind of keep the fandom going.
1: Yeah, but um, I think the question that everyone's asking themselves, or I mean, at least those who are thinking along these lines, um, how do you do that? You know, I kind of yeah. asked that earlier. I mean, how, how do you reinvest this city's population to this team? That they're obviously kind of repelling from, at least, uh, not the the casual fans. That is,
0: yeah, and 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 I think the easy answer to that is win. People yeah. will engage with winning. Uh, the the two thousand nine finals run felt like the ninety five finals run in a lot of ways. And like, literally, I was just sitting there. I was like, "Where were all you guys when they were building up to this?" Like, like seriously, like <laughs> welcome to the bandwagon, but. <laughs> but uh, but I mean but that that I mean I, I've kind of said I've I've felt this way too though the Magic have kept a lot you know they they've lost a lot of those fans people jump off the bandwagon but every time someone jumps on the bandwagon a few fewer people leave it I think or it takes longer for for it takes longer for other people to leave it sometimes and so I think that's partly what happened uh, with partly what happened here that's that that's partly what happened. Uh, there and I think they're still they're still feeling the residual effects of fans who jumped on in '09 and just just stuck with it even though um, things haven't gone so well. I mean, uh, I'm, uh, let me draw on your experience. Maybe are, are you still an Astros fan?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Uh,
0: how would you? just dis- I mean, a lot of a lot of people right now are describing what the Astros did. Uh, you know, akin to what the Sixers have done in in the NBA, but. What was that ride like up from where the Astros were a few years ago, where they had the worst record in baseball, to World Series
1: champions? I mean, it's euphoric, of course. You know, um, I will be. I can honestly say, in Game Five of the World Series, the one that lasted till one thirty-nine a.m. Eastern Standard Time, um, I saw every single pitch at that game. Well, I wasn't at it in per- in person, but I-, I was sat there and watched every single pitch. And you know 20 years from now you're going to hear a lot of stories about how everyone did that when only about a third of the people actually saw that game and experienced it you know so you know like it's euphoric and people are going to jump on the bandwagon like pick and choose and like these these great moments but at the same time like I can you blame them you know because sports are fun when you win um yep. like like the bandwagon's okay you know i mean that's kind of like that's
0: there's nothing wrong with the bandwagon i like you need bandwagon fans <laughs> not everyone yeah. can invest every, especially baseball not everyone can invest every single day to a sports team
1: yeah I mean um you pretty much have to it's it, it's a job if you do you know I'm um, like you know first-hand experience is your job um like keep up with like a 82 game season for the met magic every year that that's work in itself so those fans that can like pick and choose um show up to a gamer once in a while you know, when they do, when they do want to invest, not just themselves and their money, they want to, you know, if they're going to invest, they want to be invested in the team. They want to see the team win. They want to walk away with, like, not just an experience, but, you know, something to look forward to in the future.
0: So so I asked this, I I, I asked that for, for this reason then. What what was, I mean, being from Houston, maybe uh, being around other Astros fans, what was the reaction when the team was at that lowest of the low? Like, did, did, did people... See this future as possible, or, or were there were there any doubts at any point? Well, that's
1: that. It's funny you say that because that's that's definitely the premise of this story. Um, while you know, I'm going to use the Astros and I will also use the Nationals as well, and you know, might as well use the Redskins from when I lived in D.C. too. Um, even though the Astros were terrible five years ago, even though the Nationals have it, like, consistently choke. Every time they get the playoffs, and even though the Redskins have like arguably the worst upper management in uh, all of professional sports, the the cities stick behind them. You know, the you go around D.C., their houses are still painted in Redskins colors. All the little townhomes. Um, you go to Houston, there's still H- Astros flags flying everywhere. You go to Houston right now. After the Houston Texas had a four and twelve run after starting the season out three and three, which is like kind of akin to how the Magic did. Um, <laughs> you're still going to see flags. You're going to see the little flags on people's cars. You don't see that around Orlando. And I thought that was really interesting how people are kind of detached from this team. They don't have, you know, I, I hesitate to say they don't have the same kind of investment as maybe like other sports cities do, but it, it certainly seemed like it on first impression, which kind of like yeah, helped and me. And the, the,
0: the, Texans, the Texans example is really interesting to me because the Texans aren't a team that is really, they haven't, they haven't been around for a very long time.
1: No, they've won mean, the the Magic have been around 30 years. So,
0: so how did I mean and they haven't had a lot of success uh, honestly. No no offense. Oh yeah. You um, can just say how, So is it is you know is that just a NFL football thing like NFL's its own animal they you know it's it's got its own co- subculture? Like well, how did the Texans get that ingrained into the society that that
1: quickly? The well the same went for the Rockets in Houston when they were down. You know, I can't use the Spurs as an example because they're always good. But um, when the Rockets were down a few years ago I mean, people were. St- you still saw Rockets jerseys. Still, people still talked about the Rockets. They're excited for what could come, what the draft could bring. They weren't kind of like um. Just, I mean, it- go back to what I said about the Magic fans. Earlier. They weren't just exhausted and demoralized after it all. Which, and that, I mean, you know, that like you said, the Texans have consistently sucked on and off. Um, the same could be said for the Astros, and the same could be said for the Rockets too. And I know I'm using just like Houston sports, but this really applies to most cities. I'd I'd say, especially for sports franchises that've been around for a while. And I think it's safe to say, thirty years is long enough for the Magic. Yeah,
0: thirty years is thirty years is enough time to establish a fan base. Uh, you know, we are. I mean, I mean, we're seeing second generation Magic fans now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a feat in its own, um, especially with how often like newer fr- sports franchises pick up and move when they don't get what they want. Um, but you know, at the there's just Magic fans aren't there. That's like the bottom line. Not like even when they're bad. Um, even like say like the Houston fans and such, um, Washington fans. You know, they're they're there. They're there year round. They're they're there in the off season. They're watching everything happen. They're watching them lose. They show up to the games. Um, they're excited, and you know, though they cuss and holler and pray just like anyone else that's losing. Um, they're there. That's what I'm talking about. That's that's the main point. They're they're present in the moment whether they're losing or winning. And it just doesn't seem like the Magic fans that it doesn't relate to them.
0: Yeah, it's 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 an it's an interesting comparison, and 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 you know I wonder how much of it is is NBA culture. Um, you know, uh, I'll bring the Orlando City example back in. I've, I, I, I used to I used to sit with the Ruckus uh, in Orlando City, and and they all seem to have just this absolute disdain for the Magic. Um, and, and I think I think so. I mean, I think some of it is NBA fan culture. Uh, just NBA like business culture is very much driven toward the corporate side, and 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 it's it's you know it's about luxury boxes. It's not about intimacy. It's not necessarily about the everyday fan all the time. And and you go to the Amway Center, that building. Is, I mean, you mentioned it in your article. That building is humongous. It doesn't. We we've never really heard it trap noise very well. It's it's not built for the. It's not built for your sitting up in the nosebleed section fan. I I, I hate to say it. Um, it, it, that's not who it's. That's honestly not who it's built for. The Magic wanted to move to that building because of the potential for the luxury boxes, which was a huge issue in in the old arena before they before they tore it down, before they moved out of it. Um, and and one of the reasons why they almost moved in the early 2000s. Um, but it, it 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 feels like NBA col- the NBA fan culture, because I, I don't think that's unique to the Magic. I think other NBA teams struggle with a lot of these same issues. NBA teams, just they play so often. The playoffs, it's so star-driven where if you don't have one of those top guys, it is tough to be really competitive. It's tough to be championship competitive. And it, it, it's, it just feels like sometimes the NBA doesn't set itself up well to, to have this constant engagement with fans in the same way that certainly the NFL can because the NFL is once a week you you mark you make your calendar around it. In the NBA, it's it's you're you're watching a game every other day, and it, it can it can be rough, especially if the team's struggling.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, people have lives too. Um, but yeah, kind of like the the NBA culture, like you just touched on. I, you know, I'm an NBA fan, but I'm not an NBA super fan, like say you and Dennis. Um, so I didn't really pick up on that. But also my research of the story, um, and this relates to the whole. Theory or the concept of tanking, too. Um, much of NBA, much of the NBA seems very toxic at this point. Whether it be like that strategy alone, or as you said, um, how people invest in these like megastar players versus you know just your your kind of a middle middle ground kind of guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and you know I, I think I mean everyone knows that if you have one of the top guys in the league, you have a chance to win. Um, you know you you, you can watch you know lebron james is has gone in the final has monopolized the nba finals i mean he's been to finals i think eight straight years now yeah um, he's monopolized that at least one of those spots and he's one of the best players of all time the way the nba sets up their system is you get that kind of a player almost purely by luck um at least at the beginning of his career um you know obviously lebron went to miami went back to cleveland all that all that stuff um but it it it's it's so weird to me to me that that NBA fans, you know, they get a little taste of, of the champ, of a championship. And I think that's the, I think that's honestly part of the Magic's problem is they've set up expectations since two thousand nine that that we're in it to win championships. It's not that the Magic shouldn't be trying to win championships, but they've set that as sort of the only goal. And they had this great ambitious plan that they bungled and and i think the warts within their organization that were always covered up by finding the star at the right moment i i think that i think that, that that those those warts were finally exposed and and it sounds like they're trying to fix it with new management but patience is really thin after 6 years no you know i, I hear magic fans tell me they fear becoming the sacramento kings um, kings have been kind of an embarrassment of a franchise of just a poor poor organization for such a long time um, they've been out of the playoffs for a decade no one wants that uh, and yet when you look at this magic team right now you know it, it it feels like when your team that square the magic are right are right now you've got to sell hope and the magic just don't have a lot of that right now
1: yeah um a a question another question that kind of pops up is with all these these uh, the firing of Vogel and then the, the strength and conditioning among other people are the right and this is a question for you are the right heads rolling
0: um well, the the, the only—I mean, I would say, I would say—with the training staff, we really don't know. Um, I, I've I've always thought Keon Weiss did a good job. I always thought Bill Burgos did a good job. Um, it might just be change for change's sake um, to to kind of mo- get more in line with the direction they want to go. Obviously, um, the NBA has always been very forward-thinking with uh, its use of technology and its use of. Uh, use of, of data and, and, and analytics to, to kind of help with all aspects of the organization. And it sounds like that's a direction that Jeff Weltman and, and, and John Hammond are trying to take this team. Um, the coaching, I, 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 I talked about this on the podcast yesterday. I, I probably would have kept Vogel another year.
1: Sure. But yeah. at the
0: same time, if you don't think he's your guy, now's the time to move him. And really, at, and really at the end of the day with, 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 a, with a sports team, it's about the players. Yeah. And so if the player, I mean, you can't change the players right now because no one you can't make you can't make deals right now. Uh but if the magic bring back virtually the same roster next year, which I don't think they will. I think they will make some some major trades this summer. It, it, they've got to change the players. It, it, it all starts and ends with the players. You can you can create all the support systems for them. Uh, and, and and put them all in the best position to succeed. But at the end of the day, the players got to execute, and that's I think where the frustrations really lied with the Magic that they haven't they haven't had that established
1: yet. Um, on that same note, so on the players, what do you think it would help with the fans if they invested on you know not just like someone new the draft, but like maybe Aaron Gordon because I saw he's um. Kind of edging towards a, a max contract, um, would that help the fans if they saw a major investment in one person? Um, uh, like, uh, I mean, I
0: I think, I think the big thing for the Magic right now is they need to find their future star. I mean, who who is going to be the guy that that is the face of this team? Um, fans right now are really scarred because of Victor Oladipo. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone thought he was the face of the team, and then all of a sudden he got traded. And and you know I, I'm I. I have people relitigating that decision over and over again. And and the bottom line is that was a mistake. You can go over the reasons why that move made sense at the time, or the reasons why that move might have made sense at the time. But the reality is the move the Magic made did not work out. It was a mistake. Um, The the calculations that they made, the risk that they took, the gamble that they took, didn't pay out. Maybe it wouldn't have paid out even if they kept him, but it didn't work out. So it, it was a mistake. There's no other way around it. And to say he would become what he's become in Indiana, in Orlando, I don't know. I don't think he would have. I think he's admitted that he wouldn't have, that he needed that year in Oklahoma City to really learn what it took to work and, and get humbled a little bit. Um, but maybe he would have. Who knows? And and so I think right now Magic fans just need a player that they believe is going to be worth showing up, you know, paying admission for every night. And a player that they believe can lead them to the playoffs, can lead them a step up, a step higher. And right now, that guy's Aaron Gordon. And I think, you know, I think right now with his restricted free agency coming up, Magic fans don't want to see the team make the same mistake they made with Oladipo, letting him walk, letting him get away, and seeing him turn into something somewhere else. Uh, They'd rather keep, they'd rather overpay him, honestly, and keep him and let him grow here and see what he becomes. And hope hope that he can become the the future star of the team. I mean, if you pay him a twenty million dollar a year contract, he's going to be the face of your franchise for the foreseeable
1: future. Yeah. And it, yeah, I mean, you know, hindsight's 2020, so why not do it now? You know, they've already made the same mistake. So
0: Yeah, and it'll it'll be it'll be interesting to see what how what the magic do this offseason. Um, you know, I think we all kind of hint at this, and I think you've hinted at that you hinted at this throughout the article, if not outright said it. The big thing for this team right now is this is the worst the team has ever been or the lowest the team has ever gone. They need fans need hope. Fans need a reason to believe in this group again.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. Um, but you know, as I've said, there's not much reason to believe. You know, I mean, do you? That was the uh, the cover. Do you believe in magic? Um, they're yeah. they're just there. They're not they're not invested. Like I said before, um, and like I you know, I'll touch on this again. Um, how, how I can't blame them.
0: Yeah. Do you, so, uh, I'll, I'll close on this then. Do you see any, I mean, you watched this team a little bit, you, you were around, around the fans a little bit, you know, kind of from an outsider perspective, as, as someone who's not necessarily a basketball guy, do you see a reason for optimism right now? Or, is, or do you just want to see them start over and, you know, wait for the draft? <laughs>
1: Well, I want to see him never try to tank again, for one. Um, I, yeah, of course, there's reason for optimism. You know, I mean, it's sports. You never know what's going to happen. Five years can change everything, and the Astros are the textbook example of that. Even though it's not the NBA, you know, the, there's different politics or um, athletic politics, I guess you could call them in the NBA. But you know, of course, like the the Magic will always have have hope. They have a big, big, beautiful stadium over there. Um, they have Orlando, which is this growing city. They, they have the chance to really get people invested as the city continues to grow around them. So, you know, the future could be bright if they let it be.
0: Yeah. And as I've said, I think once the team starts winning again, the fans will come back. And, and I think you'll see a lot of this script change. And rightfully, fans are very, very frustrated. I think you, you brought that out very, very clearly in, in your article. The article is titled, Do You Believe in Magic? It has a nice little, what is that, watercolor uh, drawing of, stu- <laughs> of a sad stuff on, on the cover of yeah we
1: have, a great illustrator. Huh? we have a great
0: illustrator sorry yeah no the illustration is fantastic and it, it, it really captured the article uh perfectly um it's it's on newsstands now orlando weekly you can check it out as well as at orlandoweekly.com article is titled do you believe in magic what happened to the orlando magic um i'm joined by its author Xander peter Xander, uh tell us where they can find you where where they can pick up copies of orlando weekly maybe or, or what you're working on on next
1: Uh, We have stands all around the city. Um, You know, you see Orlando Weekly, they're usually rusted old stands. You know, they have a little character in them. They do. Yeah, there. Or you can, uh, you know, of course we're online, and you can also find me um, if anyone wants to reach out with questions, complaints, or anything else. uh, My email is xpeters, X-P-E-T-E-R-S, at OrlandoWeekly.com. Orlando Weekly is one word. And my Twitter handle is HipZander, one word.
0: Yeah, and if you haven't if you haven't checked it out, definitely pick up a copy of Orlando Weekly. If you can't pick up a paper copy, you can find it at OrlandoWeekly.com. dot com. If you're outside of Orlando, definitely check it out at OrlandoWeekly.com dot com to get a, a, a an, another local sense of where Magic fandom stands today. Xander, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I want to thank you for for talking with me a little bit more about about this. Definitely an interesting topic, and and you know hopefully next time next time you write something about the the Magic, it'll be. Do you believe in magic? Question mark exclamation point.
1: <laughs> well, my fingers are crossed, to the extent. How about that, Philip? I,
0: I, that's 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 all that's all we can do right now. Um, thank you very much, Xander, for for hopping on the show. Uh, I'm going to do my close now. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip underscore O M D. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnMagic. On Magic as well as like us on Facebook at LockedOnMagic. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts on your podcast-enabled listening device. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank my guest, Xander Peters, for joining me. Uh, Definitely check out his article in Orlando Weekly this week. But until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rostenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day.